Well, welcome to the Monday, November 1st edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm John DeShazer. We're pre- presented to you uh, by SeatGeek, and we are here on basically on All Saints Day, the day the Saints were founded. Uh, so uh, it's been an All Saints kind of weekend for the New Orleans Saints so far. Um, man, a great win on Sunday. Uh, somewhat improbable. You lose your starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, come in with Trevor Simeon as the backup. But, but man, they got it done. And here to join us, uh, Jim Trotter, a writer for NFL Media, reporter for NFL Media. Uh, you see a lot of his work on NFL Network, also NFL.com. Jim, first, welcome to the podcast. And second, um, what are your thoughts about that Sunday game in the, in, in the Caesar Superdome? Uh, first, thanks for having me. My thoughts, um, for me personally, it's just a continuation of what's been a wild season in terms of the games that I've seen when – you know, you talk about a, a Bengals-Packers game where there were five missed field goals in the last three minutes of regulation and overtime. You talk about the Cardinals-Packers game, you know, last Thursday where it looks like it's going overtime and then all of a sudden there's an interception right there at the end and then come into here where the Saints lose Jameis and, you know, end up scoring, what was it, I think um, 23 straight points at one time. And, and then Tom Brady makes his run, and, and what happens? The Saints end up holding him off with a pick six of Brady there near the end of regulation, just wild. So for me, it's just fun. Um, but speaking to the point, I know we're here specifically to talk about the Saints. I think, look, for the last few years, what have they been telling us defensively? That they're ready to be that um, backbone, the backbone of this team, that they want to change the narrative from being known as an offensive team under Sean Payton and Drew Brees to being a team that can rely on his defense to win games. And yesterday was, you know, um, the first real opportunity, I would say, from the standpoint of you have a number three quarterback in there playing the defending Super Bowl champs and you're on the ropes. Either you're going to make a stand there at the end or you're not. And, and they made that stand. So for me, they deserve a lot of credit. And, and I think they're up for this challenge that, that they discussed. What's a little bit of a surprise? I mean, Trevor Simeon comes out, the first three plays he's out there, he throws passes. They run one, then he throws the next four times uh, he's under center. Um, that the Saints stayed aggressive offensively. I guess they just stayed true to the game plan. And I, and I, I personally, I, I was a little bit surprised, but did it surprise you at all? Yeah, it did initially, you know, because you thought that that um, Sean might want to warm him up, you know, or bring him along. But I think maybe what Sean was also thinking is that, that the Bucks were thinking the same thing. And so in order to cross them up, then you go out and, and, and you play your game. Look, the reality is Trevor Simeon has been a starter in this league before. So it's not like he was a guy who was, I think, untested is the, is the wrong word, but he's not a guy without experience. So knowing him the way that Sean does and talking about the way that he's so even killed and, and, and well prepared each week, I think Sean decided to see what they could do. And, and Trevor made a few throws there. The other thing, though, let's, let's be clear here, too. I thought it was important that the Saints stayed with their run game. You know, yards are hard to come by against the Bucs, as you know. Um, they're talented run defense. And as Alan Kamara said after, you're not going to get the big runs consistently against them. But if you're getting two, you're getting three, you got to stay with it because you can't be one-dimensional against that team. So I, I thought that was important, too. So to run for 150-plus on that Bucks defense really said something. And the Saints are authors of two of the more improbable wins this season the season opener against green bay where they run green bay off the field and then yesterday 
uh, where, again, you're down to your number three quarterback, basically, and you're able to win it, you know, albeit at home, but, you know, they're able to win it. Um, you know, does that kind of speak to the season of, you know, it, I guess, you know, you always say, yeah, you got to play the game, but a lot of times, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. But does that kind of speak to the improbabilities that are happening this season? Oh, absolutely. I, I think this season is wide open when we start talking about, you know, potential Super Bowl winners. So I'm not one. I'm not ready. You know, there might be some who are ready to write the Saints off from the standpoint of Jameis if he's out for the year and, you know, Taysom's in concussion protocol and has never been a full-time starter for a full season. Um, and we know what Trevor Simeon did in, in Denver, you know, where basically he was underwhelming there, to be quite frank. So um, I, I believe that no team is out of it at this point. And I think the Saints, if they can play defense and they can, can run the ball effectively, I think there's enough there with Sean Payton's play calling to, for this team to be in it at the end. Look, at the end of the year, it all comes down to a couple of things. First and foremost, it comes down to health. And then number two, it comes down to matchups. And if you can be healthy and you can get good matchups, anything is possible. So. I don't want to get too far ahead. I think the Saints have a golden opportunity here from, I, I think they only play, if memory serves me right, only four top 10 offenses the remainder of the season. I think, it, what is it, um, Buffalo, uh, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, who now has lost Derrick Henry. And there's one other one in there that I'm forgetting. Um, so from that standpoint, I think they have an opportunity to, to win a fifth straight division title. What is it with Sean Payton? Uh, you had a chance to spend some time with him uh, in training camp, uh, but what vibe did he give off then? Uh, did he feel pretty good about his team then? I mean, what is it with him that he's able to kind of conjure these things up, even though, you know, we've seen the last couple of seasons without Drew Brees, uh, they were eight and one, I believe, the previous two seasons without Drew Brees. And now they start this season, obviously, without Drew Brees and the five and two. Yeah, I think it speaks to not only Sean, but the entire organization in terms of the personnel department, the coaches and everything. The thing that's so critical for the Saints is they have a vision of who they want to be and what they want to be. And so when they go out and they scout players, not only in the draft, but free agency, they're looking for players to fill specific roles and who have specific skill sets in terms of what they want to do. And why is that important? Because too often, Coaches or personnel departments get enamored with the athletic guy or the guy who, who looks the part. And a guy who may be, let's say, a Pro Bowl type player. But if he's a Pro Bowl, let's, let's take cornerback, for instance. If you rely on a man's scheme and you go out and you draft or sign a cornerback whose best skill set is zone coverage, and now you put him in man, he's not going to be the same player. He's not going to be effective. And the Saints understand that. So when they go out and they look for specific linebacker types, or a cornerback types or up front, you know, along the line, they look for specific types. They get those guys and they come in and they play effectively. So there's a lot of depth on this team from that standpoint. I can tell you going back to training camp, Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, as well as the players all felt very comfortable coming into this season. And they knew that people on the outside were talking about the loss of Drew Brees and Michael Thomas being out injured, et cetera. They weren't concerned about that. They felt like a standard has been set here in New Orleans and it is to be met. And, and it's as simple as that. The other thing that Mickey Loomis said to me is, look, when you've had the success that we've had, there is an expectation to win. And that is so different from 
a hope of winning. When there is an expectation of winning, guys know they have to step up, whoever it is. When you are hoping to win, if something goes wrong, all of a sudden there can be that, that moment of doubt. There is not that moment of doubt with the Saints. Uh, we saw you um, had some high praise for Dennis Allen and defensively. What you know, Dennis has been in the league obviously for a while. What have you seen growth from him in terms of his coaching, his coaching acumen? Obviously, he was a head coach previously in, in then Oakland, uh, but now um, Las Vegas Raiders. But what have you seen in his growth as as a coach? I think I think there's a maturity now. Remember, he was a very young head coach when he was with the Raiders. Yes, I think was. there's a great, yeah, I think there's a greater maturity now in terms of understanding who he is and what he wants to accomplish and how best to accomplish. The problem when you get into a situation like he did with the Raiders, he took over. Look, it was an awful situation from the jump. They had if memory serves me right, and again, this is a little while ago, but they had did not have a draft pick until the third round, and, and it was a compensatory pick, I believe. They were $31 million over the cap. They were cutting a bunch of high-priced veterans who had underperformed, who had been signed. And so it was very clear from the beginning that it was a complete teardown and rebuild. And for a young coach, that's a difficult situation to be put into. I think now Dennis understands what you need to be successful. Um, I think he has a voice now where he's more comfortable giving his voice and stating what he believes is important in terms of creating a winning culture and having a winning organization. So for all of those reasons and his ability to connect with players, I do think he's going to be a successful head coach the second time around if he's able to get what he needs. And truthfully, I don't think he's going to go someplace if he's offered the opportunity just to go. I think it's going to have to be someplace where philosophically he and the ownership are on the same page in terms of what it takes to be successful and to making sure that the resources and the personnel are there to be successful. Yeah, that's always critical. What did you think of the dome yesterday? Um, you know, Sean Payton said before the game he wanted the, the crowd to be loud, and and um, obviously I, I think they were pretty vocal for the most part. But but um, what do you think about the dome yesterday? Because you know it really was the Saints' second home game of this season. Uh, right. They didn't win the first one, so there wasn't a whole lot to be happy about for the fans. But uh, this one seemed to seem to be exactly what the doctor ordered. Well, my first thought is I'm, I'm upset at myself for not bringing my parka sitting up in that press box under the air conditioning there where it's, it's ridiculously cold. It reminds me, you could almost paraphrase that line, the coldest uh, 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 winter I ever spent was a fall day in, in the Superdome. You know? it, it's insane how cold it is in that place up top. So, but you, know, you weren't interested in that. Um, my thoughts were having, having been in this stadium um, a number of times when the crowd truly is the 12th man, I didn't think it was, as Sean Payton said after, I really didn't think it was that, that type of Saints crowd. Um, I don't want to say it was subdued, but it, it, it wasn't as vocal, um, as emotional, all those sorts of things that I'm accustomed to seeing from this, this group, particularly in a big game. So why is that? I don't know. I know there were a lot of Tampa fans there. You know, I know it's Halloween. Um, and so maybe folks in their costumes were not um, in the same mind, you know, in terms of, of being loud and crazy, that sort of thing. I don't know. But I, I felt Sean Payton was justified in saying uh, they could be a little bit louder because I've, I've heard them louder. Yeah, I, I have too, as a matter of fact. 
when you when you look at this Saints team, Jim, what offensively jumps out to you now? I mean, you know, obviously Jameis not here, but you know, Alvin Kamara, um, Mark Ingram makes an emotional turn. And, and now that now to think about it, I'll throw that question away. <laughs> Teams that have been through, you know, circumstances, and every team gets some adversity at some point in the season. But it seems like the Saints have had an inordinate amount of it leading up to now. Um, which is which is why I think everything sets up well for them. Number one, they're accustomed to adversity. So it's not something that's going to throw them off track. You know, as Cam Jordan said after the game and, and, and Alvin um, and others, having gone through what they've gone through the previous two years with Drew Brees being out of the lineup, being forced to play without your star quarterback, they're accustomed to having to make do or having to succeed. I shouldn't even say make do. It's not about making do. It's about succeeding um, when adversity hits. And that's why when Jameis went down, as much as they love Jameis and everything else, it was like, okay, we got to flip the switch and we got to focus and get back to this game. And that's what they did. So when you look at the adversity that they've been through thus far this year, um, I look at number one, what for Marcus Davenport, I think it's the second full game back from, from an early season injury. You look at Quan Alexander, same thing. You look at da uh, David Onyemata, he's playing in his first game since uh, a league suspension. You know, and then on the on the back end, waiting to come back, you've got um, Ken Crawley, who's there if you need help in the secondary. You've got Michael Thomas waiting to come back. Um, Deontay Harris just came back. So for me, they still haven't had their full team yet. And yet they are right there in the mix tied with the Bucks for fewest losses in in um, in the division. So from that standpoint, that's why. I say, I think this bodes well for the Saints going forward. They're going to get, hopefully, they'll get some people healthy and not lose anymore. And then I look at them, I believe football games are one inside out, and they've got a lot of depth up front on both sides uh, of the line, and they've been able to succeed because of it, I believe. All right. All right. Well, Jim, how do people follow you? Uh, Jim Trotter underscore NFL. I always have to stop and think. I'm not a big social media guy. <laughs> Uh, Jim Trotter underscore NFL uh, on Twitter. All right. As always, we thank Jim for joining us here on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We're presented by SeatGeek. Uh, folks, don't forget, join us again on Wednesday. We'll be back in this same format. Have another great guest for you uh, as we proceed through this week as the Saints prepare to face the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday in the season of Superdome, trying to get to six and two. And uh, we'll see exactly what happens then. But Jim, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me.